You are listening to Know You're Crazy. My name is Susan Denae. We all have crazy. What separates us is how we choose to deal with it. I'm going to be delivering engaging and actionable tools to own your crazy, treat your crazy, and turn it into your own superpower. I hope that you walk away from this show feeling the power and strength within you. And never forget to enjoy your journey because you are worth it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Know Your Crazy Show. My name is Susan Denae, and you are listening to Emotional Recovery in the Raw. And let me just say, it's a good day to be sane. It's a good day to be sane. I have a new term I was reading up on these last couple of weeks. You know, anything with psychological, emotional, uh, spiritual growth, I'm a geek for, which is part of the reason why I do a show on Emotional Recovery in the Raw. The new term, I picked up a couple new terms, not only the one that the show is on today, but there's another one, and it's called cognitive ease. And cognitive ease is where you feel something or you perceive something pleasant, and therefore what follows for the rest of your day usually will be prone to feel pleasant also. It's really, when you think about it, it feels a lot like common sense. Uh, I compare that to, well, my own personal life, but talking to an audience or presenting to a large group of individuals, uh, assuring them that whatever's going to happen in the next hour, the next couple hours, whatever it is that I'm doing, that they are on the right track, that they are doing well. Uh, And I'm here to do that today with you, to put you into a state of cognitive ease, that anything and everything that has been coming into your direction recently Uh, you have been doing well at. Sometimes we forget. We forget how well we do at life. We can get caught up in the minutia of not having our expectations met. We can get caught up in the minutia of other people's expect of our expectations of other people not being met. There's a lot of minutia out there. But as we put one foot in front of the other every single day, we are doing well. And I just wanted to remind you folks of that today before I get started on this topic, because I had to ask myself when I come across a new term or I come across something that really resonates with me, I like to turn it inward and say, how does this apply to me? How well am I doing at this? How well am I putting my family at cognitive ease at the end of the day? How well am I putting my family at cognitive ease in the morning? How well am I putting my audience at cognitive ease with the content that I put out there? Do they feel capable? Do they feel loved? Do they know that growing is a process? It does get uncomfortable before it gets better, but the willingness, the grit that requires to continue to move forward uh, for a new experience in life, to attract new joys, to remember that we are in this lifetime to experience joy and fun and not put all the drudgery and treachery or whatever all in front of it, Yeah, we got to be reminded of why we do this work and why we continue to suit up and show up. Often in the rooms of recovery, we'll ask ourselves, why do we continue to go to meetings? Why do we continue to do this? And it's really about, for me, maintaining a state of spirituality that will continue to feed me, be there for me, that I just thrive on. Um, And with my own beliefs and my own life practices, That's kind of my core. So I like suiting and showing up because it's a reminder to me there's more to be had. 
Uh, the only thing that can block me from my own greatness or my own joy or love to my family, genuine, authentic appreciation for other people in my life is my own crazy. It's my own crazy. That's the only thing. That's all. Just a little bit of crazy. If you're joining me today, I hope that you're having a fantastic day. If you're not having a fantastic day, maybe you haven't even had a fantastic week. Then let me go ahead and remind you that that day up to this point, that week up to this point, it's over, it's done. The only time it relives in your consciousness is if you choose to go back and pull it back up into your consciousness. Otherwise, it is over. It is done. It's a new moment. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity to experience life in its fullest. And that's why I do this show, because when we get our crazy in the way, we sometimes wonder, or we, where'd that come from? Or who's doing something to us? When ultimately, the only thing within our hula hoop that we can control is us. The only thing that we have access to is us. The only perception that we can absolutely influence is us. We may think that we have a lot of influence over others, and we might to a certain degree. But as you've heard me mention before, everyone is living their life based on their own life experience, their own outings with other people, their own traffic that day. We can't think that we absolutely control others in our lives. Otherwise, we're doomed for failure. Today, I'm talking about another great term that I did not create. It was given to me this week over some work that I was doing. It's called Sad Mad. How do you know if you are suffering from sad mad? Do you have someone in your life that has tremendous potential yet can't seem to apply common sense to their life choices? Do you feel you are left picking up the pieces of their inaction? This person might be someone you love or at minimum respect, and that is why it is so hard to be angry. You have been tolerating their choices and behaviors for so long that you yourself justify why you just don't remove them from your life. If this sounds like you, you might be experiencing sad bad. You are angry yet numb to the pain of prolonged inaction in somebody you care about. You wish they could, quote unquote, just get it. And when they don't, you don't necessarily scream and yell. Instead, you bury the disappointment within and do your best to move on. On today's show, I'm going to be going into details about sad mad, how to identify it, how to deal with it, and once and for all, how do you get rid of it? So what is sad mad? I'm going to I put together a definition of sad mad and I was I was pulling from different emotions that we have, different life experiences we've had. If you've been following or listening to me for a while, you know, I've done a lot of shows on relationship communication, expectations, behaviors, and all of the above. So here's the definition of sad mad. Feeling highly disappointed in someone who seems to have apparent abilities to enable a change within their own behaviors. As a result of their unwillingness to apply a healthy effort towards their emotional welfare, you or someone is left picking up the pieces of responsibility left in their trail of inaction. I'm going to read that one more time because I think a lot of us experience this and we haven't quite put our finger on it. You know, one of the things that I think allows me 
to work with many of the people that I've worked with over the years is I have an ability to kind of pick apart the big stuff into the little tiny feelings and emotions and thoughts that we have. And sometimes we know we feel something, but to articulate that and to put that into words is a whole other ballgame. So I'm going to read this definition one more time to make sure that you understand what I'm saying. Sad mad is the feeling of high disappointment in someone who seems to have apparent abilities to enable a change within their behaviors. But because of their unwillingness to apply healthy effort towards their emotional welfare, someone is left picking up the pieces of responsibility left in their trail of inaction. All of us get tired of tolerating someone who won't help themselves. Are you tired of somebody in your life who appears to not be helping themselves? It's tiring to continuously protect the innocent from someone else's dysfunction or bear the burden of being the only one witnessing the dysfunction. For example, if you are an individual who believes in thriving and growing emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, If you are somewhat like me, maybe not as geeked out about it as I am, because I just thrive in this uh, world, in this environment of of growth, of emotional and mental growth, but you are someone who consistently seeks to do better. You are someone who shows up with your best effort, your best foot forward. You pause before reacting sometimes, maybe to a fault. You overly focus on what other people are going to think or feel as a result of your actions. You might even overly focus too much that you've been robbing yourself from your authentic self. If you are that person, then sad mad is likely going to really resonate with you because we get tired of tolerating other people's behaviors when they will not help themselves change. And when you are somebody who focuses on change and you are someone who puts the work in and yet you have to witness someone who's not, in your opinion, I will always say in your opinion because we all have our own growth pattern, But for the most part, you are in a cycle of witnessing somebody's inaction in their life. And as a result of their inaction, you face a responsibility of picking up the pieces. Maybe you're having to protect the children from X, Y, and Z. Maybe you're having to decide between, do I say something? Do I not say something? Do I confront this or do I not confront this? What is the right way? What is the right way to be? Your values will want to do something. And yet you'll see their behavior not follow values of yours. And you're wondering, where do I pick up the pieces on this? How do I continue to show up and tolerate and love and maybe not even love sometimes, but continue to show up and carry this burden of their inaction? Over time, that feeling of putting your best foot forward for somebody in your life who is in a state of inaction can wear you down and it can build up resentment. And that's the mad part of it. Ultimately, time after time of stuffing hurt feelings can lead to depression, anxiety, and a loss of self. That's where we lose our authentic voice. We don't know what to confront. We don't know what not to confront. The witnessing, them, the witnesser themselves, you, whoever's witnessing this, carries an emotional overload in an attempt to keep the sanity of all who are affected. 
this rings really true for people, well, in my opinion, for folks who may be raised in an alcoholic home or a home of dysfunction, where one, the witnesser is identifying and, and understanding and spotting the dysfunction, it can feel alone. You can feel as if nobody else understands. You might have things said to yourself like, why can nobody see this? The burden of responsibility will feel that it always falls on you. And yet, you remain your comp- you remain in a state of practice, like good composure. You don't lose your crazy all over buddy, everybody because it's withholding. You know, you have enough discernment to understand when to output the hurt, when not to output it, when to say something appropriate, when not. You've got radar brain going on all around you. You're understanding who's in the room, who's not in the room, who's being affected, who's not. If that is you and you've been doing that for a while in any relationship in your life, this can show up at home. This can show up at work. It can show up within friend groups. Just ask yourself, if you have been experiencing this and you haven't had a way to let it go yet, you might be carrying what I would like to say is sad mad. Sad mad. When I come back from break, I'm going to be going over all kinds of things about sad mad. How do you further identify it? What are the types of people that might be suffering from this? And then further on in the show, I'll be talking about the different things behind the sad part of that and the different things behind the anger part. And in the last part of the show, I'll be giving you tools and tips and how to get started to relieve yourself of this, even when that person is going to still be in your life and continue to be in life. How do you remain happy in this state with those type of behaviors of other people in your life? That's what I will be covering when we come back from break. I hope you stick around. I'm excited for this show today. I know it may sound like a show you don't want to be excited about, but it's exciting when you are diving in and figuring stuff out and understanding how to bring more peace into your life. And that's what we're going to talk about when I come back. All right, be back shortly. You've been listening, but are you watching? Tune in to your favorite shows on the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page. We stream live video podcasts every day, and we love to hear from you. Leave comments and questions for the host to address live, on the air, and get to know the faces behind the voices you love. Just go to Facebook and search for Transformation Talk Radio. Yeah, yippee skip. At the Centerpiece Foundation, Dr. Ellie Zarabian can help you make the most of your time here on Earth. As a third-generation healer with a doctorate degree in psychology, Dr. Ellie helps you resolve conflict that begins within the self and extends out into the world. No matter your spiritual background and cultural heritage, you can learn to heal past traumas and listen to your inner voice. Are you ready to feel empowered to live more peacefully during our time of social unrest? For more information, visit centeronpeace.com. Tune in to Maximum Resilience with me, Kelly Bazzani, your ally for addiction, the first Monday of each month at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join us and engage in this epic journey of how to own your power and change your perception of addiction while we revolutionize the approach that ensures mental health as we address a worldwide epidemic. Take the steps that lead you towards an incredible life of maximum resilience. 
we do recover. Visit My Resilience Coach. It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to Know You're Crazy. 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 With me, Susan Denae, we are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. That's D-E-N-E-E.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Know Your Crazy Show. You are listening to Emotional Recovery in the Raw. Uh, if you join me for the first, I guess the first 15 minutes of this show, then you know that we're talking about, or I'm talking about sad, mad today. What is sad, mad? It, it's when we are in a position of having to witness someone else's behavior, someone who we know has potential to do better, but they just are in action. They're just not into change. And as a result of that, We are, some of us may be left or you may be left feeling like you're carrying the burden of responsibility due to that person's inaction. Maybe they don't, maybe it's someone who needs some professional help, but they just won't reach out and get it. And in the trail of that professional help, there might be friends affected by that person's emotional state. There might be children affected by that person's emotional state. And you as the witnesser, is taking all this in and watching and witnessing and maybe doing protection and constantly monitoring yourself and what should I say? How should I show up so that these people aren't maybe affected by this person's behavior? Uh, In the world of recovery, some of us who have grown up in dysfunctional homes, this can be very classic where one is taking the protector role, the controlling mode, trying to protect the environment from a particular behavior. Maybe in that world, it'd be the alcoholic's behavior. Maybe, and that's like, it can be an extreme version. This stuff can go on just based on people just being, you're just disappointed in somebody. Maybe you're disappointed in somebody at work. They've got a ton of potential, but they continue to not apply themselves and they continue not to show up. And they're super sweet. They're really nice. And you just, you know, you want to get angry, but it's just like this constant state of tolerating a behavior. And over time, especially when it's a loved one, it hurts the heart. It hurts the heart. And when it hurts the heart over a period of time, that's the sad part of it. That's the sad part of it. So what this brings me to in this next part of the show, talking about sad mad is if I was to do an equation on sad, mad, I would say disappointed plus burdened with responsibility plus frustration equals sad, mad. You know, Uh, who might suffer from sad, mad? Who might suffer from sad, mad? Single parents who can appreciate the good in their exes, the parents of their children, but they continue to carry the heavy load of emotional safety for their kids because the other parent doesn't create a safe emotional or maybe physical environment for them. A single parent who chooses the high road and doesn't speak negatively about the other parent in front of the children, yet is burdened with carrying the consistent disappointment. This can also be shown in household when the parents are married. 
but one doesn't contribute to the family system as much as the other. Feelings of jealousy over lack of free time, inconsideration, feelings of being inconsiderate, and effortly inequality. It's not equal. It's not fair. Underlie the relationship. One person in that relationship may be suffering from sad mad, a lot of disappointment. Another person who might suffer from sad mad might be anyone struggling with a family member or close relationship losing their life to addiction or alcoholism. Uh, things one might feel or say when feeling sad mad. I know they can do better than this. Sometimes they come around and I remember their good side. Where did it go? I have no control over them. I can only do me. Why don't they see the damage they are doing? It is so obvious. Sad mad can result from continuously witnessing the emotional pain experienced by someone relationally close to you. Children come to mind. While simultaneously knowing someone else's actions, the adult, contributed to their emotional strife. A longer duration of the problem will fuel sad mad. There's a difference between justified anger. And I will tell you, being in the world of recovery, I can't even afford to be justifiably angry because I get too righteous about it. It feels too good to be justifiably angry. If I experience it, I don't beat myself up over it. I just tell myself this has got to be temporary. I understand I obviously feel frustrated, extremely frustrated over somebody else's behavior or of even a situation. Uh, and I can usually justified anger can be out loud. It can be in the moment. Um, it can be obvious to me, uh, but it's like a spurt of anger. It's a, you know, the kind I might swear over, you know, get angry about, out loud angry. Sad mad is like a little crawl of irritation and frustration and unmet expectations of somebody else over, here's the key thing, over a period of time, it grows like mold and the sour cream in the refrigerator. <laughs> it just grows over time. And then one day you realize you feel so depressed. You might feel hopeless. You don't know how to communicate maybe to anybody who's involved with this other person's behavior. And you just run out of steam. It's not necessarily the individual's behavior in the moment, one particular day that gets you to that level of feeling hopeless or to that state of hopelessness. It's the continuation of witnessing that other person's behavior over a period of time. I mean, we get worn out. Don't you get worn out with dysfunctional behavior in somebody else? You know, I mean, we're all trying to be politically correct and there's so much information out there right now on being spiritual and just go meditate. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so-and-so's a right? Like we just get tired of being tolerable. I mean, do I always have to cushion the blow for people? Do I always have to put the baby bumpers on my on my verbiage? I mean, what the heck? You know, we get tired of that. And so do you hear all that tiredness? And we just want to yell sometimes. And sometimes we find weird outlets for our anger. You know, maybe we're, I, I don't even know. Maybe we slam doors in the house. Maybe we throw temper tantrums. I don't know. What do you do when you get angry? But we just, we get so pent up. And we get so tired. If you are somebody with a behavior, I just got to tell you this right now. We all have behaviors. 
we all have behaviors that people around us are probably like, I really wish you didn't do that. <laughs> they're there. You know, they're there. Uh, so we all have these behaviors, but we get tired of tolerating other people's behaviors that hurt us, that make us have to, feels like it makes us have to find justifications for their behaviors to other people. We just get worn out. But if you're somebody who's been worn out over a period of time because you've been protecting somebody from their own consequences due to their own inaction, and you're in, but you love them, you don't want to see them get out of your life. But boy, you are disappointed in their behavior. And you're carrying that emotional load every single day or every interaction. Maybe the interaction is every other week. Maybe it's once a week. But it's a consistent, like it's a, it's like a bad relative who just keeps showing up on the doorstep. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, they're here again. But it keeps revisiting. And over time, it becomes really disappointing and really sad to witness the suffering of other people in your life. If you've got one of these people in your life that just don't get it, right? At least in your opinion. And I like to say, to be careful about, you know, they just don't get it because everything is always going to be determined based on our own perception. My expectations of you can only be my expectations because they would make sense in my world. But whether or not they make sense in your world, I have no idea. And so the sad mad can result from continuously witnessing the emotional pain experienced by someone relationally close to you, right? Just a reminder, while you're sim while simultaneously you know, they continue to do seeming damage to the relationships in the family unit or in life. Uh, family relations, you know, we're part of a system. Change is part of that system. And when everyone, everyone can feel the impact of that. And when there's a behavior within, and I'm going to stick on the family unit here for a moment. When there's a behavior within the family system, whether that family system is divorced, still married, whatever that family system is, but when there's a behavior that is in the family system that is hurtful, what happens is everyone has to adjust to that behavior. So two questions for you. One, do you have that within your family unit right now? And it's okay if you do. Here's a second question. Are you the one that has the behavior? You know what I'm gonna say next? If you're tuned into this show, you know I don't let you off the hook. That's not my job. That's not what I do. That's not who I am. Because I'm consistently looking for how can I grow? How can my audience grow? And it's by taking an honest look within ourselves and saying to ourselves, who am I? How do I show up? And how am I impacting others in my life? And so if you're somebody with the behavior, whether your behavior is avoidance, maybe your behavior is you're constantly all about you, running and gunning constantly. You're not looking around to see how that is affecting the family unit because you just think you continue to do the right thing. But, you know, you're a busybody. If that's you, it's okay. But there is a behavior that is holding the family hostage a little bit. And so when I get back, I'm going to talk about what do we do with those behaviors? What do we do when the behavior is affecting the family unit on the other side? It's somebody within our family unit that's doing it. What do we do about it? How do we change that behavior? So if you're still tuned in with me and it's not too heavy for you today, I will be back here shortly and I will dive into some more information on SADMAD. Be back shortly. 
It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to Know You're Crazy Crazy. Crazy. with me, Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. Have you ever had a painful family memory you are not sure how to heal? Tune in to Family Healing with Rose each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We are told we can't choose our family, but what if that family is not the one we would have wished for? Once a month, Dr. Pat and Rose engage in a discussion surrounding healing and family, showing you how to take true ownership and responsibility over your own energy. For more information, visit FamilyHealingWithRose.com into the peace we crave find your freedom in addiction recovery with me your host tanya d the first monday of each month at 3 p.m pacific 6 eastern on transformationtalkradio.com as we take you on a spiritual life recovery coach journey and share unique holistic approaches i will provide a sympathetic listening ear and solutions while helping those affected by addiction i get it enough is enough if you're ready for help in creating calm in your recovery life visit thepeacewecrave.com everyone. Welcome back to the Know Your Crazy show. My name is Susan Denae, and you are listening to Emotional Recovery in the Raw. Today's show, I'm talking about sad, mad, the feeling of being disappointed, disappointed with someone as a result of their inaction in some particular area. Usually, this is going to be in a relational context with family. Could also show up at work, however. But you're disappointed because due to their inaction, you feel as if you are left picking up the pieces of responsibility. And as a result of this, you are often frustrated, but you know enough to know to not blow up and lose your mind. But over a period of time, having to continually tolerate the almost the intolerable, you get worn down and you might be carrying some resentment. It's not an out loud, righteous anger, resentment. And that's why the word disappointment I think fits so appropriately when talking about sad mad. Before I went to break, I talked about a couple different scenarios that are types of people who might experience sad mad, single parents appreciating the good in their exes, yet continually witnessing how their choices might be emotionally upsetting to the children, having to play the go-between, you know, what to say, what not to say, what to show, what not to show trying to navigate those waters with the full motive to be in the best intention for the children, but taking on a lot of emotional responsibility and burdening uh, thoughts and actions of the other person can show up there. Um, It can show up with a family member who's struggling with another family member who's not sober, who you want to get sober. You've got an active alcoholic or addict in your life. You see the choices they're making. You remember who they were when they were younger or or whenever. Maybe they're not younger, but you remember who they used to be. And it's just a continued disappointment to see them not be able to get clean and your heart hurts for them. You might deal with somebody who you're living with who could be a recovered alcoholic or a recovered drug addict who just doesn't continue to grow. Therefore, their character flaws pop in more often than not. And it's just disappointing. You love them, but it hurts your heart a little bit. 
but because the behaviors kind of resurface, even though the drug and the drink are gone, you realize that you don't want to do anything to upset them. You love them, but it's really hurtful. The thing about sad mad is it's a constant feeling of tolerating over a long period of time where you are feeling like the one who is burdened with the responsibility to clean up the mess. Symptoms of sad mad, if you're, if you're, and I would say suffering from it, because when you're in this state, it's, it's really quite uncomfortable and it takes away your energy. You know, it, it's like you can be having a bright, sunny day and then guess what? You know, your, your perpetrator <laughs> does something and now it's drama is on. And once again, you're faced with having to confront it, but not really confront it. Be appropriate. Use your discernment. It's work. It is really work. The symptoms of sad, mad over a period of time, you might do some of the following. Uh, withhold communication from someone who continually disappoints you through their lack of appropriate behavior or present awareness of the relationship damage that they're doing to others. You, know, you give up talking to them. You withhold the communication. You, you choose not to confront what's going on. And because sad mad happens over a long period of time, it's more of, like I said, the mold growing on the yogurt in the refrigerator. It kind of takes a little time to get some momentum there. But because of that, that time, the reason why it takes longer than you'd like or you wake up one day and you feel like this is what's going on with me is because when we choose to withhold our communication, we ultimately are trying to affect the outcome of what that other person may do with the communication or not do with it. So we withhold it. And why would we withhold communication from somebody whose behavior is inappropriate? Because we want it to play out a certain way. Let me say that again. If you withhold communication within your relationships, especially with somebody who continually disappoints you, you're withholding that communication because you're trying to affect the outcome of their behavior. You want that outcome of that behavior to turn more like what you would like to see. If you risk communicating with them, then the chances are they may not respond like you want them to. And then what? Maybe that last little dwindle of hope that you've been keeping in your back pocket might go away. It might. But what if? What if? What if it changes the course? What if it changes the dynamics? When I was talking about the family unit and how it gets impacted by this, uh, the one thing that I uh, I didn't get to before break, but I will share with you now is when we are all being impacted by the behavior of somebody else, and it can be a, I'm not talking about abusive behavior. There is a place for that conversation. I'm talking about the behavior that's not abusive, but it's not all that, and you know, that either. There's like this, there's like this in between this, this toxic behavior that we can all get into, whether it's us or somebody else. And when that goes on for a prolonged period, especially within a family unit, and I'll even say a work environment. I mean, I've worked in a work environment for a long time where we had some pretty toxic behaviors. But what happens is people change their roles. All of a sudden, one person who's used to behaving or doing something in the house or at work will start doing something else. Somebody will have to compensate for the lackadaisical efforts. Somebody will have to communicate maybe in a certain way because the person who's doing the behavior isn't communicating. So the roles shift. And when roles start shifting, that starts changing the environment. And so what happens when environments change? Everything becomes uncomfortable. So if you've been withholding communication for a while and your environment is what it is, no matter where that environment is taking place at, just be cognizant that for a period of time, if you decide to start communicating, I mean, I'm going to help you with some tools towards the end of the show, you will start to disrupt that environment. 
Oh, I just was chan- I just thought about some uh, school stuff growing up. The ecosystem is going to be impacted significantly if you decide I've been doing this and I've been withholding communication and I would like to change that. And I will give a couple tips on how to get started with that change, but you will affect the environment in which you are around. Uh, so for extended period of time, a symptom of SADMAT is somebody who withholds communication from someone who continually disappoints them. And that someone has a behavior that is somewhat emotionally damaging for different reasons. I'm not talking about outright verbal emotional abuse. I'm talking about not having a partner in a marriage because they're not participating enough with the children or having a superior at work not hear the hear you when you talk and take control of all the meetings, but you feel like you don't have a voice. I mean, there are different reasons why we would withhold communication or feel disappointed in somebody's behavior. Um, it'll come across as the other person just doesn't seem to care about change. Uh, someone might experience sad, mad with a narcissistic behavior if they've got one of those in your life. You know, somebody who is, and here's the definition of that, of a narcissist, a person with excessive interest or admiration of themselves. That's extreme. Can't get past them to even know that there's other people being impacted by their behavior, to even open up the possibility. But yet the communication can feel uh, manipulative in a way. And, I, and I've talked about passive aggressiveness on other shows where it leaves you feeling shame when really you've done nothing wrong. Uh, there's lots of different reasons why we may withhold our communication uh, in regards to some of these relationships. But another symptom of sad mad, kind of in that same ballpark of withholding communication, is we just always avoid confronting the repetitive, inappropriate behavior. We don't confront it. I will give you an example. So I've been sober for 21 years. I work with many women in recovery. Many women have for years. I coach people in recovery. Hey, this is what I do. They will have somebody in their life who will be an alcoholic. That person may have been sober for a while. And now the person I'm working with will want to will think they're using again or they're drinking again. We are in recovery. We talk about this all the time. We've got tools. We got a playbook. We got coaching tips. And when I ask them, did you ask them if they relapsed? 99.9% .9 of the time they will tell me no. Someone who has the complete toolkit in their, at their disposal, somebody who has been impacted by the very thing, has recovered themselves by the very thing, when it comes to confronting individuals about something that we intuitively know is likely true, we will avoid the confrontation for fear of. And what I think, this is my own opinion, a lot of times our motive in withholding the confrontation really does come out of love and concern for the other person. What if we're wrong? What if I'm misinterpreting this behavior? What if I say something wrong and, and, I, uh, and I hurt their feelings? That's a big one. I, that's a big one. A lot of times uh, working with individuals, what comes out is they're really scared about hurting somebody else's feeling. And so because of that, they withhold and they avoid communication. These are big hearted folks, folks who just want to, you know, love and be loved. And yet we all are human. We will, no matter how loving we are, no matter how compassionate we are, no matter how empathetic we can be, 
we will likely cross paths with somebody in our lifetime that we have to confront something on. If you have that person in your life right now and you have avoided confrontation, it's okay. You get to ask yourself why you're not confronting the behavior. Because like I just shared, even some of us who know, who have the playbook, who have the script, will still not confront for fear of being upsetting to somebody else. Another symptom of sad mad, someone who might arrange the scenarios to protect the hurting victims, hoping that less exposure to the dysfunction of the other adult will lighten the emotional pain. So if I'm if I'm on a, uh, let's use the analogy, a movie set, I'm gonna be in here arranging the lights, arranging the curtains, I'm gonna arrange the whole show because this one behavior of this person that I won't confront may affect everybody else in the show. So I'm gonna arrange the lights, I'm gonna arrange the script, I'm gonna fix it all. That's a symptom of sad mad also. So while I'm rearranging the scenarios, I'm I'm setting the home up a certain way or I'm setting the work environment up a certain way, I'm running a meeting with a certain way, I'm leaving somebody off an email string just because I know they won't like the outcome of this meeting. I'm protecting so-and-so by not seeing somebody else on this email. I'm, I'm purposely making changes to the dynamics because of, for fear of, somebody's going to be left feeling uncomfortable. For fear of. So if you're an arranger, I like to call them, if you're an arranger, you might have some sad mad going on because all those times that you're arranging all these pieces, that's a lot of work. Who's the burden of responsibility? Now you're signing up for that responsibility, by the way. But the burden of responsibility will feel like it's falling on you based on somebody else's behavior. Okay. Another symptom, the inability to let go. If you're suffering from sad mad, you might find it difficult to let all parties involved have their own experience with the dysfunction. One of the best things ever said to me in a divorce situation was when I wanted to get all uptight about a certain thing that was going on in my ex-husband's household. And my mentor at the time said, are your children being abused? And I said, absolutely not. And she said, then it's none of your business. I was like, oh my God, are you sure it's none of my business? Are you sure I can't like try arrange some lights in his house even though I'm not there? No, no, that's not the way it works. I had to learn to let go. What is in my hula hoop? What is in somebody else's hula hoop? My hula hoop's right here. My hula hoop involves my roof, my life, my choices. Your hula hoop involves your stuff. I have a right to be in my hula hoop because it's my life. But as soon as I start trying to hula hoop in your hula hoop, what happens? We don't hula hoop so well, do we? No, the hula hoop falls to the ground. It's all over the place. <laughs> Got to stay in your own hula hoop. And we do that by learning to let go. We will hang on to things because we're trying to do that protection thing. We will hang on and not let everybody have their own experience. If you are someone in the household or at work and you always have an opinion and you always interject that opinion and you have a hard time, you find it difficult to just sit and listen you might have a hard time let ha letting everybody else have their experience. The other op the other reason you might do that is because you yourself are having a hard time with the experience. And instead of sitting still and processing the experience and what the feelings are and the emotions are, you verbally vomit instead. 
and try to fill a void of silence. Letting go, there's books written on letting go. Letting go can be challenging, but it's possible. And I will tell you, I will share with you, not tell you, I will share with you, my experience with letting go has been some of the most freeing experiences I have had in my life. Because when I learned to completely let go, I was, I, oh my goodness, I stopped worrying about what you were doing. It didn't matter no more. It didn't matter no more. I let go of your behaviors. I let go of what I thought your reasons were. I could analyze all darn all day about what I thought was going on within you. I let all of that go. I no longer needed to have my input. I could just let the household be the household. I didn't have to have a comment on everything. Letting go is a powerful, powerful thing. But if you're suffering from sad, mad, and disappointment mixed with anger, you likely might have some areas that you want to let go of. And then the last one that is a symptom of sad, mad is a suppression of frustrated expression. I'm going to do a whole show on suppression and expression. Probably, I think I'm going to do that next week, actually. Um, but suppression of frustrated expression, you're, you're attempting to avoid fueling the pain already caused by some dysfunction behavior of somebody else. And so you're constantly suppressing. So what, what have we talked about here? Ultimately, we are all... We are all meant to express. You know, we think about expression sometimes, and I believe that we put it in this category of creativity, you know, like art expression. Uh, you know, we can write a book and express. But each of us within our own ecosystems of relations, in our own relational ecosystems, have an opportunity to verbally express how we feel. Many of us, either one, don't identify the emotions. We don't know where they're coming from or what this feeling really is. We, we got like three words we use to identify our feelings. Sad, mad, angry. Or, you know, maybe that doesn't make sense. Angry, frustrated. Okay, maybe you got four or five. But that's it. If you Google emotional words, you're going to find you're feeling all kinds of stuff that you never identified with. But we withhold. We do that withholding, we do the non-confronting, we do the suppression, and then we ask ourselves, we wake up one day and we say to ourselves, why am I so unhappy with my relations? Why isn't so-and-so not doing what I want him to do? Or why don't I get any help around the house? Or, right? And we've missed somewhere in our communication, we've missed the opportunity on how to authentically express. And there's this key component with people, it's called talking and learning how to talk, and appropriately talk, and accurately share. There's a whole thing there. So if you have been avoiding, stuffing, suppressing, and you have somebody in your life that you are sad mad with, let me just say there's a lot of hope for you, and there are things that you get to do for you to let go of this. Like literally, I will show you some things to let go. If you haven't heard me said the word enough, disappointment, I'm going to touch on this and then I'm going to go into the tools as I wrap up the show. Where is sadness and disappointment in sad mad? So I'm just going to cover a couple things here because I found it really interesting. So sadness is also inward desolation, anguished, misery, or loneliness. But sadness in its purest form is essentially about resignation. Resigning can feel like giving up hope. When we let go, when we completely surrender and let go of something, 
it is absolutely normal to feel sad about that. We become addictive to even stuffing our own feelings. You know, how we show up in relationships. You know, we have our own patterns that we are accountable to, not just the person that you're disappointed in. You got a pattern in that relationship also. And as we change our patterns, as we start digging up things, we can feel sad. We can feel really sad about letting go. And we can feel more sad if hopelessness is kicked in there. You know, falling into a state of acceptance, a 100% acceptance of people in your life can feel very sad. Acceptance doesn't mean that we have to be filled with disappointment or we have to be filled with um, agreement with another person's actions. It just means that we cease fighting it. We cease fighting the behavior of somebody else. We look within and we find a new way to deal with us in that situation to take care of the sad man. A particular circumstance or a particular scenario will trigger sadness. A sadness typically occurs when we react to the unwelcome knowledge that we've lost someone or something important. Boy, this can really ring true with addiction and alcoholism. When we feel the essence of their spirit, their soul, their sanity has been lost. Woo, there's some sadness involved there. When as somebody who's witnessing that world and we have to completely let go and surrender to that, there's a tremendous amount of sadness and grief that can take place. The other interesting thing is studies have shown that people made people who feel sad are also more accurate in the way they view their own abilities and performance and are also more thoughtful and less biased in their perception of other people which in a nutshell says, if you experience sadness, you are experiencing discernment for another individual. And that also means if you have the capacity to discern and show some empathy and some compassion, that there's a silver lining in your confidence that already exists. Because somebody who can least experience sadness for somebody else or even experience the disappointment has a good foundation somewhat of where their moral bar barometer is, is how I would explain it. Now, this next one I really loved, disappointment. Disappointment is the emotion experienced when faced to reward prediction errors. Okay, let me reword that because I had to wrap my head around that one a couple times. So disappointment is the emotion experienced when we are faced to deal with our own high expectations of somebody else. And I will say hi. There are scenarios where you think that there are logical expectations, but if you are justifying your expectations saying, well, doesn't it, you know, don't they just get it? If they're not behaving in the way that you think they are, no, they're not going to get it according to your expectations. Disappointment is when I have an expectation of you and you continually uh, fail my expectation. And if I love you, if I have, if you're somebody important in my life, that is really where sad mad comes from. I am super disappointed and hurt because I had an expectation that you were capable of more. And unfortunately, by, based on your behaviors and actions, it's showing me that you're not. There's sadness involved in that. There's letting go in that. And there's acceptance in that. Okay. Now, here we go. Here's your tools of the trade. Here's a couple tools to help you if you are wanting to turn your sad mat around. Let me remind you as I go into these last three minutes of the show, 
that if you are looking for individual one-on-one help in discovering some more about your relational, uh, your relations in your life, you want to look on some emotional elevation in your life, you want to gain more clarity, influence in your relationships, communications. If you're a couple who could really use some breakthroughs with one another so that you can vision your future and make changes for your future, reach out to me at my website at susandanae.com. I've got a couple uh, strategy session assessments on there that you can fill out. Would be more than happy to work with you. Uh, I want to get that out because I'm now I'm down to like almost less than three minutes to give you these tools. And so when I throw these tools out, you can always rewatch this and write them down, but it may go pretty quick. But this is the essence. If you are a willing individual, it only takes me two minutes to deliver these action steps because you'll take them. So how do you recover from sad mad? Number one, you're going to admit, you're going to admit that you're feeling disappointed and angry with somebody. For doormats, this means permitting yourself to feel angry towards them. You must acknowledge that you are angry and disappointed in somebody to do anything about it. You have to be able to become intimate with your sadness emotion and your disappointment emotion. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stare at it, but you got to admit it. You have to realize that there is a disappointed disappointment within you and anger towards somebody. Okay. Number two, you're going to find a way to express your frustration. You're going to journal, maybe paint something, hit a pillow, take a walk. Take time to process how angry you are. Take a step out of your environment and allow yourself to reflect about this role that you've been playing, about these emotions that you've been having. Um, An outlet for your anger will be useful. If you're a doormat, find a way to get that anger out because doormats, we suppress a lot when we're in a doormat state. If you're a bulldozer, go to the gym and hit a punching bag. If you're a doormat, go to the gym and hit a punching bag. But that's the kind of thing. Get the energy out of you. Find a way to process. And number three, why are you disappointed? You gotta take a whack at the expectations that you have set with this person. The disappointment is about your expectations being too high. I know you may not wanna hear that. I know it may sound like they should know better, but they continually show you that they do not. What would you have to do or say for yourself to lower your expectations of that individual. Are you able to come back and say something to yourself to lower those expectations? Things like, I trust they're doing the best that they can. Because they continually show you that right now, today, that is the best they got. Right? Their life is none of my business, and I'm okay with that. I get to learn how to stay in my hula hoop. I can do this. You hear it? What can you learn about your expectations? What is the phrasing that you can tell yourself to overcome them? All right. Those are your three tips for helping you deal with sad mad. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you'd like more information on that or you'd like to work with me one-on-one, please check out the website at susandanae.com. You can also check out any of my social media, my YouTube channel, Instagram, LinkedIn, little bit of TikTok, not a lot. I should do more, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, feel free to message me. I'd love to get in contact with you. Have a fantastic day. It's a good day to be sane. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to Know You're Crazy. 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 And my name is Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating your crazy one episode at a time. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com. To connect with me or Growth Spurt Your Life, please visit SusanDenae.com 
That's Susan Danae, D-E-N-E-E dot com.